Today I continue the message on go and tell in the sense of continuing on after the resurrection. What happened? Do you want to know what happened? What is what was expected of the disciples when Jesus rose from the dead and he went up to heaven? What did he expect? What did the disciples do? What was for them? And so let's pray at this time and ask the Spirit of God to speak to our hearts. Father, thank you this morning for each one of your people here gathered together. They put aside this day to honour you on the Sabbath day to worship you. That Sabbath, Lord, to praise you, to worship you, to listen to you. And I pray the Holy Spirit himself will come. You are present here. Speak to our hearts. Open our hearts and our minds to receive from you what the Spirit has to say, Lord. I commit myself to you. Let the anointing be upon me. Anoint every hearer too, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. This year, in March, I celebrated a significant year for me. Yeah, it's only 30 years. Yeah, yeah. And I, I made the birthday wish, one of the birthdays I had with a cake and with friends around, and I made the wish. And that wish came true. No, I didn't say get a boyfriend or get married or anything. No, 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 no. And I'm going to let you know what was my wish. And this wish in March, I made that wish and it came true. Let's look at my text this morning, Matthew chapter 28. 16 to 20. There were many resurrection appearances. Many. Jesus stayed on earth 40 days and he revealed himself and began to challenge the people of God, challenge his disciples. What was he telling in all of these encounters with the disciples? Let's look at the first one. Matthew 28, 16-20. Let's read together. If you can see, can you read with me? One, two, three. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain, to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Firstly, my first point on my sermon today is on the passion of Jesus. What was his passion when we went up to heaven, or before he went up to heaven, he shared with his people the, self, the, the passion for souls. That was what was in his heart. He gave his life for the people. And in all encounters, we see what Jesus' passion is. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go. Turn to your neighbor and say, go and tell. That's my Sermon, go and tell. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Go. So, therefore, Jesus gave them a mission. 
or we call, this is generally called the Great Commission. Go forth and tell them what they are to do. Go! Preach the gospel. Baptize them. Teach, to, for, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Let's look at Mark's version now. In Mark chapter 16, let's read again. Afterward, he appeared to the leaven themselves as they were reclining at table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, again the word, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This is another version or another time that encountered uh, the 11 disciples. And he told them again, go, proclaim. And he rebuked those who did not believe, those who saw him at first. But is it true? Is this our Savior? Or when they heard from the women, I don't think. It's nonsense. The Word of God, you know, if you read this, the, the Word, he says, the, the, the disciples say, it's nonsense. I don't think he, he rose from the day. That was there in the heart. Let's look at another third version, Luke chapter 24. Okay, let's read again. And said to them, thus it is written, that a Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are... Witness, witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Therefore, another time, go and preach repentance to them. Preach forgiveness to them. That was the third time that he said to the people, to his disciples, Go, you are my witnesses. Fourth one. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And you will be my witnesses. And uh, in Jude Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And this was a time just before Jesus was taken into heaven in a cloud. And he said this, his final words to these disciples, You will be my witnesses. Let's look at one more verse in John. John 20 says, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So what is the main stress of all the encounters that Jesus had with his disciples? What was the main trust in his heart? You can see the passion. Go, come on. I've died for you. I've risen from the dead. You, go now. And is it only to the disciples at the time? No, it's all for us. The Word of God is also for us. That we need to go and tell them about God's love, that Jesus loved them, that Jesus saves. We need to go. That is the thrust. We need to continue His passion. So therefore, it's one thing to give the Great Commission. But it's another thing. Did the disciples receive, the disciples catch that vision? Let's look at it. Catching the passion to go and tell. Now, go is an action word. If I ask you, Irene, Irene Chung, when I say go, 
What is the thing that you will do? Huh? Okay, let us see. Let us see in action. Go. <laughs> oh, it's go. Yeah, she's go. Hey, you go, not come here. I didn't say come. I said go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe that's to come. But we are saying go. Out the doors. <laughs> go. It's an action word. Go and tell. We cannot be sitting and non-moving. Okay? This uh, word in the Greek uh, literally means as you go. As you go. That means as we pass through this world, we are to carry the good news with us, sharing it with everyone we meet along the way. As you journey in life, as you go to work, as you do whatever in your life, go and tell them. Go and share through your life and through us the goodness of the Lord. Go. We are to go and make disciples along the way. Why? What's so important that we need to share our faith? Because it is a matter of life and death. Yeah, you know when we say, how important is it? Huh? What do you answer if it's so important? Life and death. It's a matter of life and death. You better do it. Yeah, and it is a matter of life and death. Because it is new life for that believer, uh, pre-believer if the person accepts Christ. It is about death. It is about eternal life after death. So it is so important for us to go and tell because it's life and death. Whatever we do, we must not treat the Great Commission like it's the Great Suggestion. Right? What Jesus told us is not the suggestion. It's not the Great Suggestion. Yes, go if you want to. Try to go. But it's the Great Commandment. It's the Great Commission. It's a commandment for us. We have to go and tell because the Word of God says, what did Romans, uh, Mark 16, 16 says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. That's what the Word of God says. If you believe, you will be safe. And actually, the word says, when you believe and is baptized, will be safe. But of course, baptism does not save us. But those days, they, you know, that is a take of a given. <clears throat> those who receive Christ, they naturally will go for baptism. And I hope that those who are not baptized will follow. That's what the Lord wants us to do. You know, I have so many salvation. But actually, you see, the comparison, the baptism is much lower, right? So actually, it just goes together. It's not that you are saved by baptism, but it is that when you believe, naturally, you want to be baptized, okay? So I encourage you to get baptized. Whoever believes will be saved, but whoever does not believe, the Word of God says they will be condemned. Therefore, heaven and hell is real. It's real. It's not a make-believe Hollywood movie, but it's real because the Word of God says, is Christ the only way? If we really believe it, we will do our best because there are no other way. Let's look at some verses in the Word of God. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, except through me, except through me. Get it? It, it is no one goes to the Father in heaven except through me. Acts 4.12 There is there is salvation in no one else. No one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. No one else. No salvation in any other. First Timothy. Now, let's look at what Timothy says. First Timothy 2.5 For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. You know, on earth, you see the picture. Many men wanted to be God. All this, you know, they wanted to be worshipped. But only one God became man. And it became man to be that mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. What did Jesus himself say? And he told a story. Told us a story. And this story is about the rich man and Lazarus. Now, Please note that it's not because, oh, if you are a rich, that means, oh, the sin and uh, oh, rich, oh, the rich went to, to Hades, the Lazarus went, no. It's about, let us see what is the problem in this rich man. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. This rich man was not righteous. This rich man was self-absorbed. You don't think of himself. Probably you think, oh, I don't need God. I have everything I need. And so the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, the man was in Hades, in other words, for hell. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and he saw Abraham far away with Lazarus, who is now right with Abraham by his side. And so he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and come and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. And Jesus gave us a glimpse of the other side through this story. But Abraham replied, Son, remember, that in your lifetime you receive your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you is a great chasm, a chasm, the great gulf, a great gap has been set in place. So that those who want to go from here to you cannot. Nor can anyone cross over there, from there to us. And then, the second request, and note this second request. It's very important. He said, then I beg you, Father, please send Lazarus to my family. For I have five brothers. Let them, warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. So what this rich man was saying, Go, send Lazarus, go there and tell them, tell them, don't come to this place of torment. Go and tell them, don't come to this place that's of torment. 
He suddenly was evangelistic. Right? You know what was, go, was happening? I said, go and tell. Go and tell. Don't come. Don't come. But it's too late, right, to, for him to even to go and tell. So we are not on earth right now. There's time. That's why Jesus said, go. Go and tell them that I love them. Go and tell them. I've come for their life. There's a purpose for their life. Go and tell. Go and tell. I remember we, Pastor Winnie telling us, you know, in USJ2, those you have known there was a fire and the four of them died in that fire, parents and two sons. And in the early morning, she said the fire happened. And this neighbor, it's a site, you know, the house is a site. A corner lot, and then there's another neighbor, another next. They saw the fire called the, uh, ambul- uh, the uh, fire engine, you know, uh, and, and fire. What? Fire brigade, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Fire brigade. And, and uh, of course, he couldn't help the neighbor. But what he did was, from house to house, he began to, oh, oh fire, wake up, wake up. Ding, ding, dong, ding, dong, ding, dong. And one by one. And Pastor Winnie was on the, I think, the uh, fourth house away from, uh, third house away from that, that, uh, the burning house. And he woke up in the morning. Early, he could have said, yeah, so early in the morning, uh, let's not wake them up. Huh? Yeah, no, no, they are sleeping, don't disturb them. Uh, he could just, oh, oh my family, you know, quickly pack. You know. But he was responsible. He knew the urgency. Go, wake up. He, and he began to call all the neighbours. And we need to know the urgency of time. Because heaven is real, hell is real. And we need to tell them. And we need to tell them because the loss matter to God. And therefore, the loss should matter to us. God loves all men. God loves them, the lost sheep. He said, go and find them. Therefore, the loss should matter to you and I, His disciples. We should catch His passion too. God has shared with us His passion. Jesus shared with His his passion. Proclaim, go, 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 my people, go. They need to hear from you. Sometimes we wish God would send angels, isn't it? Why can't you send angels? The angels were there telling them, the lady said, "Uh, Jesus is no more here, you know, He has risen. Why can't you continue to send angels? Lesson now, easier. But now, yes, many times He sent angels. Angels and visions and dreams, especially those that we can't reach. You have heard of many, many, even our neighbours, receiving Christ that way through dreams and vision. But our responsibility, this is what God has given us, a responsibility to go and tell. The next thing is the promise of Jesus. He knew that it's difficult. Red Commission is a daunting task. Reaching the nations, reaching the various language groups, reaching even our family is difficult sometimes. That's why he says, I promise you. There's a promise. What did he promise? Now, I wanted to show a video, you know. There are people in our lives who really give us problems. We want to share with them and they all types of things they will say. And, you know, and it's difficult. And someone say, oh, I don't believe in God and all those things. Let's watch one video and let's see what this child said. Wow, powerful. See, let me tell you something. There is nothing like God. There is no God. Eh? I'm serious. There is no God. Okay, where is your own God? Up in heaven. You go? Yes. 
The two of you follow me outside. Let me show you something. Two of you. Look up. Sakura, what do you see? I see the sky. I am there. What do you see? I see birds and clouds. The two of you see God? No. So there is no God. Come. We're good. Yeah, what do you see? I see a. Look at it very well. What do you see? I see a, sir. Do you see any brain? What? No. Bam. And my brother does not have brain. Jesus is Lord! I can't see. There's God. No. I can see you, Pastor Michael, Pastor Kwame, but I don't see God. Where is God? I can't see your brain either. <laughs> Doesn't mean you have no brains. That's smart, right? And we have difficulties sometimes. Why do we not share? Many times it's because we are focused on self, right? It's difficult. You say, hey, it's my time, you know. I've got to make effort. And I've got to come out of my comfort zone to go and share. We have self-absorbed many times. Or sometimes we say, you know, we are fearful of negative consequences that come out of our sharing. You know, maybe that person will embarrass me. They keep on asking me questions I do not know how to answer. Or they will cut down my ties. There will be consequences. Or some of us will say fear of offending people. Uh, we don't want to offend them. They are hostile people. They might scold me. They might be unhappy with me. I don't know how to share also. Right? You say, I don't know how to say. What to say? How? How do I witness? Or something. I'm not good enough. Many of them say, I, I actually am not good enough. Because I'm not perfect. If I share with them, they will look at my life and say, you also not perfect. You also got your problem. Huh? They will, oh, how you say, Jesus, uh, you know, come and change us. And, oh, what? Can Jesus can help us? But your life. And then, then we are therefore intimidates us. We dare not share. But let's consider. We can share a lot of other things, right? We share our opinions. We share, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I remember sharing with this Canadian. I said, oh, actually, between Trump and Hillary, who do I choose? I, I, I don't, sorry, I don't want to offend you. Huh? I'm not offending you, but I say I chose Trump. Some of them, huh? How can you choose Trump? You know what type of man he is? Wow, oh, wow. He was a bit offended. Too. Okay, okay. You have your choice, I have my choice. And we are afraid of offending. But actually, we share our likes and dislikes. We share, hey, this, this uh, brand of thing you're using, not so good. You know, this one better. But weren't you afraid of offending that person when you said that? But to share about Christ, we say, oh yeah, offend people. But let us know two things. Okay? First of all, no, the gospel is an offense. Actually, the preaching of the biblical gospel is offensive, actually, to many people. You've got to accept it. It is Jesus himself. The disciples came to him and said, Hey, Jesus, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when you taught this? When you said this? They were offended by you. Huh? Jesus, the man with love himself. The man who is sound teaching, right? 100% pure in his love and his agenda. The Pharisees 
offended by your teaching. And actually, you know what he taught? He says, what you eat actually will not corrupt you, right? But what comes out of your mouth that's offensive in a sense, that corrupts us. And he, they were offended by that. So they should, yes, the gospel is offensive many times. I remember I was talking to my classmate. I just wanted to share, just sing about, you know, sharing a testimony or something. And about to start, she said, hey, you got your religion, I got mine. Ooh, straight away already. Don't let all these people who have been offended or show you their face, stop you from caring. Oh, one bad experience, oh, enough already, I got a bad experience. Don't let it. Because the preaching of gospel many times will offend. I'm not asking you to shove the gospel into their throat and tell them, you, you sinner, if you don't repent, you don't receive Christ, you know where you go to? A burning place, hell. I'm not asking you to do that. But through your love, to share your testimony, you must not be afraid to share what the Lord has done for you. Share. Let us not be embarrassed. Let us not be put off just because of one person. Even Jesus himself said it. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. It's okay. Because there are many times that, well, maybe it's not raining. You need to continue to fellowship, show your love. Or there are times that, Jesus, do I move on to another person? Do I target another person? Just be open to the Holy Spirit. Every time say, God, this is the one. How many of you were very hostile before you accept Christ? Put up your hands. Oh, I see that, Jimmy. Yes. Anyone else? Were hostile before you accept Christ? Wow, all these people are very easy to come to the Lord. Huh? Yeah, I'm sure there are many of us who are hostile. We didn't want to hear about Jesus. But yet now, Jimmy, wow, you are here serving the Lord. Someone didn't give up on him. Yes, let's continue, even though people might be taking offence. Another thing is, are we embarrassed? Are we embarrassed to be Christians? That people know we are Christians? People know that, you know, uh, we share the love of God and they might say, hey, foolishness. You know, the, the, the Bible says many times the preaching of the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. So they cannot accept it. But for those who are being saved, it is the power of God. So are we embarrassed? I remember in the, when I was in U.S. Uh, when I was a boat, and one of the tour uh, guide was saying, how many of you here are from another country? And then I, uh, oh, there were people, oh, I'm from France. I'm from UK. And then I was thinking, oh, and seriously, can I dare to say I'm from Malaysia? Because at that time, Malaysia, infamous, uh, not famous, uh, infamous. There was the planes missing, there was the finance thing and all that. What if I put up and say that I'm from Malaysia, they will look at me, hi, yo, poor thing, you are. Uh. And I was actually embarrassed to say Malaysia. But I, never mind, come on. We are Malaysians, we are beautiful. Malaysia, then they look, oh, welcome, welcome. Are we embarrassed? To share the gospel. Because it seems foolishness to them. The love of God. I'm so easy. I just pray and accept Christ. I will be saved. No need to do anything. Am I embarrassed? 
Therefore, the Word of God, let us be like Paul who says, I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the Gospel because why? It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. It is power of God. The gospel, when I share, there's power because God is backing it. God's power is backing it. When I share, it will touch lives. It is the word of the Almighty God. That's why I dare to share because of His power. We have been given all authority in heaven. The, uh, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's why, you know, before he gave the commission, the great commission, Jesus said this. Just before he gave the commission to go and tell, he said this first. I believe there's a purpose. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Can you see it? Who is backing you when you go? It's not you're going in your own power, you know, to share. You know. It is all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And it is the power of God that's behind us. The authority that the Lord has given to me. The Bible, let us look at some of the verses. You know, when Jesus came, He also suffered humility. Uh, humiliation, persecution. But on the day that he rose again, on the day, it was a culmination of all the authority on, in heaven and on heaven and on earth. Yes, he subjected himself to the cross. He subject, subjected himself to all the beatings. But when he rose from the dead, he could say now, hey, everyone, all authority is given to me. All dominion for eternity, all dominion has been given to me. And, you know, in, I know there's about 40, 50, 50 of you going to Israel. It's a lot. And then you're going to go to the garden tomb. You know, in the garden tomb, and you're going to the tomb, and you will go in. Then you will see the words written on the wall. He is not here. He is risen. He is not here. He is risen. And then you will go out and they will take a picture of you. Okay, note this for those who are going to Israel. You will take and you will just, like, outside the, is there a garden tomb? The, yeah, there's a tomb. You will, right, oh, sorry. Then the, and you will stand outside and you will, because there's something memory. But you know, if you went inside and you say, He is not here. He's risen. When you come out, how should we Respond. How should we? What is our action? I tell you, at first we took photo, but when we realized, you know, yeah, actually, we come out, we should. Hey, yeah, Jesus is risen. So those who get ready to take photo, huh? huh? When you come out, don't go out and be ready to yeah, and then let the people take a photo like that. Yay! That's how you feel, right? He is not here. It's risen. Sometimes we are like that. Yeah, His reason. Praise the Lord. But actually, if you know that Christ is reason with all authority and back and the power, we will be willing to say, yes, God, I will go. I will tell. His 
authority to forgive sins. His authority to drive out every evil spirit and heal every disease and sickness. His authority at the right hand of the Father. First Peter, First Peter three twenty two, who has gone into heaven, and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to Him. Jesus had just risen from the dead. He has conquered death. It's powerful. So therefore, the authority clearly shows that Jesus has the right also to command you and I. His ability to empower us with His power to win witness. And this is what He said of you. He says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. I have given you authority. He never said, I have all the authority. But he also said, I have given you the authority. Do you feel the authority? Have you received? Do you know the authority that the Lord has given to us? I have given you the authority. Speak to yourself around. Say, I have been given authority. Come on, believe it. I have been given authority. And he said to the church, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I have given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever on earth you bind, uh, bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be loose in heaven. Wow, that's powerful. In prayer, in decoration, we can bind and we can lose. That's why Mark's version of the commission talks about you can cast out demons in my name. You can speak with new tongues. Right? You can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, of course, it's a drink deadly poison and all these things. It's not purposely. Some people, you know, they purposely take up, you know, drink poison. Oh, okay. The word of God says, ah, that's not purposely. Right? When it happens, God can deliver us. That's the power of God. You know, one editor in Mark, uh, Mark commentary, you know what he said this? And I was so sad when I read it. He's a Christian. He's a commentator of uh, even uh, Bible books. And he says, the fulfillment of most of these promises is to be found in Acts of Apostles. All this fulfillment, all these things is only in Acts. It says, the age of miracles, no doubt, is long past. They were never meant to continue past the early church. It's sad, isn't it? The age of miracles is over. Is the age of miracles over for us? Is the age of miracles over for us? No, of course not. Is the devil still out there? Sickness is still out there. Yeah, there's, there's uh, the, all the evil forces that we need to battle. Therefore, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to go forth in power to proclaim with signs following. With signs following. That's what the Word of God. And I, I believe that those who go to missions, 
And of course, it happens here to Both the missions, you know, when you declare, there'll be signs following you in the preaching and you pray for the sick. It's not over because we still have better to do against evil forces. There's people who are still bound by sin. The Lord promises, He that believe in me, the works that I do, shall he also do also. And greater works than this shall you do, because I go unto the Father. So he did not say, I go to the Father, okay, okay everything ceases. No, because I go to the Father, greater works than this will you do. Wow, powerful. You know, I, many times we pray for the sake and praise the Lord, you know. God's heals and and I, I one of the experiences that made that show the power of God is my own life too. I had a growth here, right? Pastors all knows about this. I had a growth here on my eye. And this growth, they always say, yeah, if don't grow, nothing, leave it alone, right? It doesn't matter. But recently, I think about a year, I was looking at this and it was growing bigger and bigger. And they always say bigger and bigger is not so good, right? Bigger and bigger, and I, hey, how come it's growing? Huh? Even my beautician, she said, yeah, yeah, it's bigger. Not some, when, no, because she's the one who always sees my face. Oh, it's good. And I said, hey, I, I, I asked my, another friend, say, hey, uh, you also had an op operation you took out, you know, and who's the doctor you saw? And, and so I went to this skin doctor, and he saw, yeah, okay, there's a growth here. Uh, I, I think you go and see the aesthetic doctor because I'm a skin specialist, but if I take out your, your eye, my sack, you know, if I know, because you need that uh, cosmetic, you know, your eye, my sack, and affect you. So, okay, but no hurry, you go and see and check out and do the, uh, uh, I want to say autopsy, I mean the <laughs> biopsy, and see whether, you know, whatever. And I pray, I say, God, I don't want to go for operation a lot, please heal me, please heal me. So every time in the morning, I look at the mirror, in Jesus' name. Shrink. In Jesus' name, shrink. You look at the mirror not every day. You know, so every day we'll go, in Jesus' name, shrink. Ah, then after that, you know, first few days, no. Later on, I realized, hey, hey really or not? Huh? I, I should have measure. But it looks smaller. Lah. Ah, it looks smaller, but sometimes, you know, our eye can uh, deceive us. Huh? We, uh, what we want, we think, okay, actually it's smaller, but actually, uh, but again, it's so obvious. Getting smaller, oh, 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 really, praise the Lord, it's getting smaller. And I begin, oh, more faith already, right? Oh, when things happening, more faith. Hey, in Jesus' name, drink! Oh, finally, hey, hardly. And now, do you know it has all disappeared? He has disappeared, it's gone! The power of prayer, the power to heal, it's gone. I don't have to see the doctor anymore. So I was telling them, hey, why don't we say in Jesus' name, wrinkles be gone. In Jesus' name, all the black saints be gone. Then my beautician said, hey, you like that? I got no business lah. Uh, yeah, okay, okay, like that, stop it lah. <laughs> but there's power. Take authority. God can heal. And that's why I pray. When every time I pray for the sake, I say, in Jesus' name, then I won't just won't go to the next. I say, how? Uh, can you just stretch her, stretch her legs, do something that you can't do? Because you want to, you know, let them know that God can heal. And it, there are, of course, there are some that you can't tell immediately. But those, you know, ask them, hey, what has God done for you? The God of authority has given us authority. 
And also he says, he, he said, all authority has been given to me. Then he said, go, therefore, da, da, da. And also he ends it with another booster. He said, hey, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Beginning, the authority given to you. Ending, hey, don't worry. Don't worry. I will be with you. I'm going to heaven, but I will be with you. I'll send you the Holy Spirit. You will be, not be like orphans. I will be with you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit to pray. God will work with us. Remember, receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it happened. They were in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came. And today, we still have the power of the Holy Spirit. We speak in new tongues. We have the power to go forth and pray for the sick, to deliver those who have been oppressed by the evil one. God is with us. What about practical ways? I want to share with you quickly some practical ways to go and tell. Yes, we've been given the commission. First, you need to pray. Pray for the pray for the unction of the Holy Spirit. Pray for passion. Pray until you be, oh God, the passion of our souls. God, that I will not just do it as a duty. God, give me passion. Pray for it. You know, the disciples were changed when they encountered the, the presence of the Lord. They encountered the resurrected Christ. The Bible says they saw Him and they worshipped. And when you come into the presence of the Lord, worship Him, say, God, fill me with passion. Pray. Then depend on the Holy Spirit. Depend on the Holy Spirit. What's the as I said, the Lord is with us. He's always with us in our, especially this is the promise given for the Great Commission. Lo, I'm with you always. Because when you go, He's with you. When you go, there's power. When you, and, and I, I, I get, you know, encouraged. Hey, you know, when I share, He's with me. It's when I depend on Him, depend on the Holy Spirit. You know, my cousin, some of you might have heard it, my cousin was diagnosed with nose cancer and I went to the to the hospital. It was the first in our rank you know, of cousins. And uh, when I first came in, you know what he said? Let us not talk religion. <laughs> first thing I read, because you know I'm a pastor, let's not talk religion. I could say, okay, thank you, God. God bless you. you know, but I said, God, what do I say? What do I do? And God, I believe God let me. I said, hey, yeah, let's not talk religion. But let us talk. Can I talk with you? Can I say, share with you the love of God? Can I share with you God's love? God's love? Then he's okay, you know. And you know, with that, I talk about God's love and I still could share about Jesus loving him. Jesus died for him. And you know, he gave his life to the Lord. He accepted Jesus. Be led by the Spirit. And I, could, I remember teaching him, hey, you know, because he loves to sing and he loves to play the guitar. And I taught him. And he had a cancer of the nose, but he could not really talk already. Uh, 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 and I could hardly hear. But I taught him, Jesus, I sang to him, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. And he could not sing, but he said, Singing about Jesus until the Lord took him. To be led by the Spirit when you share. Don't just give up. Say, God, what is the thing that you want me to share to tell this person? And I believe God has a word for them. You need to be intentional. Don't say, one day I will do it. One day will never come. One day, set a day. Who do you want to target? Always have a target. 
Alright, I target my brother. Target somebody. Target one or two person. Um, of course, along the way, you can always share. But there is a target that we target this person for the Lord. Praying for him. Who? When? When do I want to meet up with that person? What, in that, uh, what do I want to do with that person? Give a gift to that person. Uh, go for a meal. Do something. Share a care egg. Or share, uh, or do a kind deed for the person. Share our personal experiences. Maybe you can't. At the moment, you don't know how to share the gospel in the sense of uh, Jesus uh, uh, died and Jesus rose. Maybe at the moment. But share your testimony. All of us have a story. Like Pastor David said, share your story. Share a story of what God has done for you. Share your, the testimonies of how God has answered your prayers. Another thing, simply tell people the good news. Actually, it's not hard. You can just share. Learn the simple gospel in the sense that Jesus died for our sins. Jesus rose from the dead. He's willing to forgive us. He received us as his child. He grants us eternal life. Let's share the simple gospel with them. Speak of our need to believe, uh, to receive him. How you can use gospel tracks. Have in your bags everywhere a gospel track of our testimony or to give to the person. You know, as you go along the way, hey, I want you to read something that has happened to me and it will, you know, it will really be a blessing to you. Share. Live it. Live it. The most, you know, effective way to share your faith is to live out what you believe. That you believe in a God of love. And to show by your life, by your character, your godly life, the good works that they will give glory to God. Then work along with your cell members. You know, uh, when I was praying for my brother, I also said, I asked other cell members to pray. And they also prayed for him. Even before, right, they met my brother, they would have already prayed for him. Pray. Let your cell members know, hey, I'm reaching this person. Can you pray along? Or maybe go along for a meal and introduce them. Let them see how the Christians have fellowship and all. Go. Okay, you work along with your cell members. Be bold. Be bold and be willing to pray for people when they say that, you know, I have this need, I have this problem. Be willing, not just introduce them to a doctor and introduce them to someone who helped them. Really introduce them to Jesus first. Say, okay, can I pray for you? Lay hands on the sick. They say, lay hands on the sick. Believe God for healing. And many times God heals. God does this, that's miracles for the pre-believers to show that He's real. So be bold, be willing to pray for the sick and for your friends and loved ones. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Proclaim the good news to the poor. Proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. Believe this, that God has anointed you too. God is powerful. You know, my cousin... I heard that he was another cousin who was going to go for, join the, the monkhood, you know, monk. I don't know what they always say, their points, you know, they're going to shape it and tong, 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 three points or something like that, uh, uh, to be a monk. And I heard that I was so sad. I said, God, don't let it happen. In Jesus' name, they will not happen. It will stop. Uh, he will not go and join the monk. And oh, lo and behold, when I heard next day, he said that he didn't join because he was very upset with the monks and all these things. Wow. God answered so fast. Wow, yeah, give the Lord a hand. God answered prayers. But uh, the sad part of the story is I did not manage to reach Him. I could have gone earlier, 
But he died beyond his time, before his time. He died young. Some pneumonia thing. He was dying of pneumonia and he just went. And I was so grieved and I went for his funeral. Oh, I said, God, I'm sorry. I wish I felt the urgency. We need to reach out. Don't give up. Don't give up. Be encouraged. I know many of you have been praying many, many years, right? How many of you have been praying many years for your loved ones? Yeah, me too. <laughs> many years praying, praying, praying to God. Save my brother, save your sister. Only one not safe. Save him, Lord. Intentional. Okay, intentional. We are, uh, okay, I will try my best. But it was after a nightmare I had that I really was urgent, man. And I shared before that in my nightmare, my brother was going into the building and the building collapsed on him. And I said in my, when I woke up, I said, God, don't let it happen. God, save him. God, please save him. And I was intentional in, in whatever I do, you know, I go on holidays. That time he has time, Chinese New Year, I would go on holiday with him, with my my mom, my sister and him and you know pray with him and all but and, and, and he's very difficult sometimes I, I, I think I know why he was difficult later on I'll share with you but and he was difficult many times he was a bit bad temper and I got a yan what is yan again yesterday I was saying what yan means what huh? tahan right tahan you understand huh? oh okay you know because for his sake and really, I tell you, I was about to give up. I said, God, if you go to hell, your fault. No, 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 I didn't say your fault. It's not my fault, huh? I tried, I tried. I was about to give up. I said, God. But I continue to pray. Continue, you know, as I, some of you, thank you very much. You always give me Coca-Cola bottles. Uh, um, my friends will know. They always, oh, collect, wherever they go overseas, they will collect nice Coke cans for me. And actually, it's for him. He likes to collect, he has many, and I will collect and give him, ask him, hey, you know, come and see me in the, the office, I will give you a cook and I will be, he will come and I will, you know, I talk with him. And how's your, how's your target surroundings? I'll pray with him. And I will reach out. And on the January the 18, there was a corporate prayer in our church. And I was, my team was leaning and I said, hey, why don't we pray for our family members? Why don't we come to the altar and pray? Come, come to the altar and pray. And many of them come to the altar. And I, I didn't know what I was praying. And I began to weep and cry and cry. Oh, God, save my love. Save William. Lord, save William. I was just oh, bawling. And I said, God, and you know, one word came to me. This, or oh, two words. This year, this year, yes, God, this year, this year, Lord, we've been praying so long. Oh, God, this year, pray for all our members too. This year, let us see our family come to the Lord. We have been praying, we have been crying. On the 9th of March, January, we prayed. 9th of March, I received a call. It was a frightening call because you know why? When a person talks to you in a very... You know, can say, uh, are you Linda? I said, yes. I am your brother's colleague. Uh-huh, yes. Uh, wow, I knew, what happened? 
Why would he be calling? Nobody would really call your sister, right? About your brother. Um, I want to let you know he is in Malacca and uh, he is uh, in hospital. Uh, wow, I was thinking, what happened? And suddenly the flashback came, the building. I said, oh God, don't let it be, don't let it be. That he, that something bad happened to him that he passed away or something. I said, oh, uh, he's in a state of confusion and, you know, and we have asked the ambulance to rush him to the hospital. It's like a bit blur blur and it's not uh, really responding to people. And I tell you, I said, at least thank God, there's hope. He's still alive. And then for the next day, because that day we couldn't make it, we asked our pastor to go and pray with him, the pastor in Malacca, and we rushed to the hospital. And really, he was like a blur person. He was low, and he started crying already when I saw him. And then he, like no strength, even his coordination was gone and all those things. To cut the story short, we rushed him to Sunway. And all the time I've been praying, I've been praying, and I said, God, faith him. And I asked him, I say, Willem, you need God now. This is the time you really need God to help you. And he could not speak. I think he couldn't speak already. I said, I want you just in your heart now. Pray. Pray. And I let him actually in the sinner's prayer. I don't know whether he obeyed or he followed or not. He just, I said, pray. And in the sinner's prayer, asking God to help him in this time of his need. Rush him to Sunway. And then continue to pray. The doctor said, well, we can do his physical. You know, probably it's some blockage. And we, we pray that it's not serious. Thank God it's not serious. He didn't have a stroke. He didn't have a major thing on his brains. He went for MI. Just a, a bit of blockage. But the main thing was his diabetes was very uncontrolled, very high. And he was so, you know, so blurred. And so, so he didn't take care of that and uh, some other issues. And we pray and we pray and I spoke into his life that Jesus loved you, Jesus cares and we love you and we are here praying for you, we are here for you. And you know, on the 15th of March, I said, do you remember I asked you to pray? Then he just nodded. Why don't you pray now? Confess. Before your mother, your sister, your friends all here, pray that sinner's prayer, ask Jesus into your life. To receive Jesus. And that day he received openly the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, after how many years? So don't give up. It can happen. Don't give up. Musicians. Can you don't give up? God loves your, your family. And the next day, he was discharged. And that weekend he came to church here in Glad Tidings. He came a few times. He also was with us, you know, no record. And and I asked him, are you coming this weekend? He said, not this weekend, he has something, but probably next weekend. And thank God, you know. Oh, when you see him, William Koo, you say, well, praise God for you, huh? Oh, you have your family. Let's stand to our feet as we want to close. You might have your family. They are reaching too. Why don't you just pray for them? And today, that's what we're going to do. Don't give up. We're going to pray. Before that, I want to ask you, those of you you have heard many times the gospel, but you have never received Jesus as a saviour. If you desire today, can be a day that you will find eternal life and you will find new life in Christ. Is there anyone this morning that took all eyes closed? All eyes closed. You want to receive Jesus as your personal saviour and Lord. God can do, make a miracle in your life. God can change circumstances. Is there anyone who wants Jesus in your heart today? Just raise up your hands. That's all I want you to do. Lift your hands and put it down again. Anyone? Anyone? 
up in the balcony. Anyone out here? Do you want to receive Jesus? He loves you so much. It's a plan for you. You want Jesus in your heart. Just put up your hand and put it down again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If not, let's turn to the Christians, the believers. And as we sing the song, why don't you come? Like we did that day, I just came to the presence of God. Save my family. Save my husband. Save my wife. Save my children. Turn them back to you. And this is your heart. I want you just to come. And we as a family pray together for your loved one. As you sing, just come to the altar and pray. Or maybe you say, God, I want a fresh vision to win the loss. Just come. The altars are open. We just want to come together to pray.